All right, everybody, it's 3.51 on the West Coast, and that's all that matters right now because it is Pat. It is not Pat. It is Billy Ray <laughs> and Grayson on the Boston College preview. You're getting a West Coast report on the Boston College game. Um, Grayson, in Los Angeles, coming to San Diego next week, but how are we doing? How's things? I'm doing great, man. Uh, doing really, really well. Uh, on this kind of, It's overcast in Los Angeles right now. I'm not sure how it is down there in San Diego. Dude, it was super clear yesterday. You could see uh, all the mountains and into Mexico, which you can never do. Um, and you were able to get a little less smog. Uh, and it's not smog down here in San Diego. It's the marine layer. We burned through the marine layer. But today it's a little it's a little bit more, uh, a little musty out. Uh, it's hot. It was freezing cold last night. It was sweatshirt and sweatpant weather last night for sure. I'm not sure if it's like that by you. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm close to the beach. I'm on the west side of Los Angeles, close to the ocean. So, we definitely get that marine layer. Uh, first, uh, if, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, we are the Sons of Saturday. Like Billy Ray said, that's Billy Ray Mitchell. I'm Grayson Wimbish. Noticeably absent today is Patrick Finn. Uh, Pat, we miss you, man, but we know you're working hard. And uh, we are going to get right into this. Hokey Haikus, we do this every time we do this podcast. And those are presented by our good friends at the Main Street Pharmacy. Go down there, South Main Street, Blacksburg, Virginia, see our guy, Dr. Lord Jeremy Counts, where you are a neighbor, not a number. Sons of supporting local business. They have everything you need, all of your prescription needs. They have like all the all the like little kind of intricacies. They got your, your Coke machine, your Monster Energy machine, and they have when the Suns are in town, your game day pins, uh, but... Are we done with those for the rest of the season, Billy Ray? We're done with them for the rest of the season. We have some awesome stuff coming out for basketball. But, no, you're completely right. So don't limit it to having to go pick up a prescription. If you need to redo your nails, you need some nail polish remover, head on down. You need a Gatorade, head on down. You need to restock on Insure. If you're doing that, like, broke college thing where you can't afford actual meals, you're, you're just drinking Insure. I know my grandfather put me on Insure. He's got Insure. So it's all it's all available. It's all available there to you. but. Hokey Haikus, kick us off, Grayson. Yeah, uh, yours truly wrote this one. Friday, yeah, man, sons of uh, sons of poetry. Friday night football feels just like high school again. Let's go get a win. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. This one is from Travis Die. Bean Town bound Hokies. Love that opening line. That's strong. Will Thomas bust loose again? While ba- while bandanas fly. Now, for those of you that don't know. Boston College will be wearing one of my absolute favorite uniforms in college football. It is the uh, Crowther uniforms that they wear uh, in honor of a alumni who was uh, heroically saving lives on 9-11, where noticeably wearing a red bandana. If you have not read up on this story, absolutely, absolutely do it. Um, It is an incredible story, but they're wearing those uniforms. One of my favorites in college football. I mean, you know, doesn't get much better than a red bandana game, but we're here to talk about the football game. And before we do that, I'm going to pull up my weather app and I'm going to be honest with you. It's a little bit warmer than expected coming up here on Friday. We're looking at a low of 37, but a high of 52, not necessarily sure where it will fall. Um, but the air is cold in Boston. It's just the way it is uh, over at alumni stadium. So that is what we're looking at. But let's dive into some hokey history, Grace. And I know you have a lot of history. And our friend Jeremy Counts has some history with the Boston College Eagles. So go ahead. 
Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, he does. Shout out to uh, Jeremy again. But anyway, Virginia Tech, long history with with the uh, Boston College Eagles. Last matchup against the Eagles occurred on October 17th, 2020. COVID season, Virginia Tech won 40-17. We actually own the series all-time with 19 victories to Boston College's 10. Our all-time average number of points scored against the Eagles sits at 28, and our largest margin of victory was in 2016 when a Gerard Evans-led offense routed their defense 49 to nothing in Blacksburg. It's also worth noting that the Hokies are 9-5 and five on the road when traveling to Beantown. It doesn't seem like that, but those – It does not seem like that, but those are the numbers, and the numbers do not lie. Um, from a personal perspective, uh, looking back – Virginia Tech fans, when you think about Boston College, you think of 2007 and you think of 2008. Obviously, in 2007, one of the most soul-crushing losses, I think, in all of college football history, not just Virginia Tech history. <laughs> number te- number eight, Virginia Tech, was at home in Lane Stadium on a very rainy, cold October night. Uh, Matt Ryan and the Boston College Eagles ranked number two in the country. They come in. We had them until the last about six minutes and 55 seconds in the game. He scores two touchdowns to put them up 14 to 10. We beat him in when it counts in the ACC championship game, which put us in the Orange Bowl against the Kansas Jayhawks, in which we lost to Todd Reesing. We made Todd Reesing look like Michael Vick that day. Had we beaten the Eagles, we probably would have played for the national championship. So that is and lost by more. And lost by more. Because a lot of people forget we played the LSU Tigers that year. And we lost. Uh, Tyrod Taylor saved us from getting shut out that day, and that streak is still alive to this day. The following year, 08 BC game, Matt Ryan again leads them to a victory in Chestnut Hill. Macho Harris had a pick six that game. Uh, Couldn't get it done in Chestnut Hill. But in December, when it counts, we get the ACC championship trip to the Orange Bowl in which we beat a Brian Kelly-led Cincinnati Bearcat team. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, a photo that sticks out in my mind is him. His hand is behind his head. The ball is out in the corner of the end zone. And that was the only BCS bowl game that Frank Beamer ever won at Virginia Tech. Uh, And I was there to see it with my dad and my brothers. And it's one of my favorite Virginia Tech memories of all time. Can I ask Um, a question? Yeah, absolutely. I I don't think Matt Ryan gets enough respect as a college football quarterback as he deserves can can where the hell was Clemson and where the hell was Florida state in 2007 and 2008. I mean, the fact that this guy came to Boston college, not a destination school. Okay. And to put up the numbers that he put up and lead them to back up back to back ACC championship appearances. I mean, talk about a guy putting the school on his back. He, he was a baller, man. He used to give us all kinds of problems. Uh, I mean, anytime we played Matty Ice, I mean, I, Jeremy, I know you're listening right now, man. I know you hate his guts, but he was a ball player in college. Uh, you know, our defense, I, I always say that somewhere, I know he's sitting on millions and millions and millions of dollars but I know that Matt Ryan still has nightmares about Chris Ellis coming off that right end and off that left end. I swear. Nightmares uh, so that, of Chris Ellis and nightmares of uh, Tom Brady keeping him away from championship. Um, but Se- second uh, place, exactly. Second place yes. is Chris Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I, I love uh, Boston College. 
I think forever will always be when I think of Boston College, I think of a team that's going to go anywhere between five and seven and maybe have a seven win, eight win, uh, eight win year. Um, but constantly gritty, constantly hard nosed reminds me a lot of Pittsburgh in a lot of different ways. Um, but that's kind of just the program they are. They're a really hard nosed team. And um, if you had to draw somebody to play as your, whatever the ACC does this, this, this rival thing, cross, cross, uh, cross conference, they're a tough draw. They're a tough team. You're always going to get the best foot forward from them. And it's been some great battles at Boston college uh, over the last few years. That's a fact. That's absolutely a fact. They always have a great running back too that we can, uh, that we always struggle against, but with that notion in mind, let's talk about Boston college's offense. Uh, Public enemy. Number one, Zay flowers, Boston college Uh, stud, absolute beast of a wide receiver. A lot of people are saying a lot of the analysts, a lot of NFL analysts are saying that he's going to be a first round pick. I can see it. I don't, this is me. I don't know late first or early second, definitely early second. Uh, in 2021, the man has 35 receptions, 511 yards, and two touchdowns. Averages, is, averages words are hard, 14.6 yards per reception. And, you know, I think when I think of Zay Flowers, I think of Josh Dobbs, who we faced earlier this season, who plays for UNC. Both are 5'10", relatively uh, the same weight. Both have the same burst of speed. Uh, and last week alone, Flowers had six receptions against Syracuse, 116 yards, averaged 19.3 yards per reception. Dude is dangerous in space. Dude is dangerous over the middle. So our defensive backs, while they're experienced, they're going to have their hands full, I think, especially over the middle. That's where we've definitely paid the most. That's where offenses, I look at Pittsburgh specifically, have been able to cut us up this season. Uh, so he's going to be a challenge. Um, Bill, I know prior to this season, man, one of the things, one of the concerns that you had was Boston College's offensive line. They returned starters Tyler Vrabel, graduate student Zion Johnson, their center Alec Lindstrom, Christian Mahogany, who I know you want to talk about, and fifth-year Ben Petrula, who will be protecting we don't know right now. Uh, We saw Phil Jerkovic, his hand injury in week two. He hasn't played since. Signs are currently pointing to true freshman Emmett Moorhead being under center. But this afternoon, literally right before we press record, I'm seeing rumors now that Phil Jerkovic might play on Friday. Um, so we shall see. What's the, what's the deal with this Christian Mahogany kid, though? Yeah, so, I mean, you could talk about Boston College's offensive line as a whole. Alec Lindstrom, um, he is their center. First of all, Boston College has the best offensive line in the ACC, so let's put that out there. Um, and they do just about every year. It's the it's offensive line university. Um, Alec Lindstrom, he's a center, six foot four, 300 pounds. Um, he's going to be drafted. Uh, and then you also have Tyler Vrabel, who before the season started was expected to be a first-round pick. Uh, he's had a couple of injuries. He's had a couple of other things happen throughout the year. Um, but we will see what happens. They do have an incredible, incredible offensive line. Another guy uh, that plays for them is Christian Mahogany. He is a redshirt freshman. Uh, he started all 11 games last year for Boston College. I'm sorry, he's a redshirt sophomore. His redshirt freshman year, he started all 11 games. He is now also starting for Boston College. Why are we talking about Christian Mahogany? Christian Mahogany played next to my brother at Paramus Catholic, was also offered at Virginia Tech, 
would have loved to have him at Virginia Tech, but he's a stud, six foot three, 318 pounds from Elmwood Park, New Jersey. Um, they got a big offensive line. They have a massive offensive line. Here are a couple things. I think it's so easy. And we did this last year. It's not, it's nobody's fault because last year we played them early new coach. Don't know what they're going to do, but under Steve Adazio, we knew Boston college is a team that's going to play FU football. They're going to line up and they're going to run the ball down your throat under Steve Adazio. They passed the ball only 23 times a game. They rushed it over 50 times a game for about 254 yards. This is 2019 switch it over to Halfley. Halfley in 2021 runs it about thir- uh, throws it about 30 times a game and only rushes it 37 times and only rushes for about 101 yards per game. Uh, so this is not your typical Boston College team, whether it's going to be Jerkovich at quarterback or it's going to be the other gentleman at quarterback. That would be Dennis Grozel. He played admirably against Clemson. He had the brain fart of all brain farts, though, on the goal line going in to beat the game. Um but they're going to throw the ball. They're not going to be afraid to throw the ball. Zay Flowers, he's a difference maker. He has 511 yards receiving. Um, the one thing that I would keep in mind, though, if you haven't followed Boston College, your attitude is probably, wow, this Jeff Halfley guy, he's a real stud. You know, he's doing really well. Boston College has really, really struggled ever since losing Phil Djokovic. They started off the year 4-0. They beat Colgate, UMass, Temple, and then they beat – Missouri, because Missouri was on in their mouth about having to travel all the way to Boston, and that everybody rooted for Boston College to beat the fake SEC team in Missouri, and they did. They beat the fake SEC team in Missouri in overtime, 41 to 34. Since then, it's been some pretty tough sledding. They've averaged 12 and a half points per game in the last four games, which is not good. Those come all against ACC foes. That is against number 25 Clemson. They scored 13 points. NC State, they scored seven. Louisville, they scored 14. And against Syracuse, Syracuse, who he broke all of our records this year in terms of offense, they managed to score six points. They got the Carrier Dome crazies. Um, That always seems to nick somebody up, and it definitely nicked up Boston College. So keep in mind, they got a great offensive line, but you're not going to see, unless they completely change what they've been doing all year, you're not going to see this. We're running power. We're running zone. Best of luck to you. It's just not that kind of team anymore. Yeah, moving right along, uh, Boston College defense breakdown. Uh, this one's relatively short. Honestly, you know, their defense kind of reminds me of our defense. There's a lot of secondary veterans. I, I see cornerback Brandon Sebastian and cornerback Elijah Jones. They have been there forever, it seems like. Fifth seems year. Like been there forever, yeah. He's been, he's been there half a decade. And then you have Josh DeBerry, who starts nickel. We might see a glimmer of Jaden Woodby, who actually transferred from Florida State. He was a former top 35 recruit out of California. Uh, and from what I, you know, from what I gather, their defensive line is kind of their their own thorn in their own side, kind of like ours. They seem to have a hard time applying pressure on opposing teams' quarterbacks, which if that's the case, that bodes well for Braxton Burmeister, who, I mean, no disrespect, has eaten a lot of sacks, at least dropping back this season. Uh, so hopefully we can get some containment. Our offensive line can contain their their defensive line. Um, and then Cam Arnold, I would say, and Vinny De Palma, that's a dangerous duo. They both, the, both of them have had uh, actually a combination of three force fumbles on the season. Um, so 
two linebackers right there running it up the middle. Malachi Thomas, if you're listening, rumble, stumble, never fumble, hold on to that ball, real tight kid. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think our offense matches up well against their defense. There's nothing too, I think, riveting. That's no disrespect to them. Uh, I think their weapons particularly lie on their offense. Look, I um again kind of going with these last four games theme. In the last four games, Boston College has given up over 25 points per game against their four ACC opponents. Just to go through it again, they gave up 19 points and over 400 yards to, yes, Clemson's extremely powerful and overpowering offense that they have had all season. Then they gave up 33 to NC State, 28 to Louisville, and 21 to Syracuse. Syracuse found out how to play offense, coincidentally, the one week that we played them, and they continued that uh, into the next week. So shout out to Dino Babers for getting the boys ready to roll. Um, Look, I think when it comes to the defense, it's much more about are we going to come out and are we going to do what we've done the last two weeks? We've had over 400 yards of offense. It's looked different. Malachi Thomas has been an absolute stud. I'm interested to see how Malachi Thomas with a Fred, this is no disrespect to him at all. This is just speaking on his age and his size. This is now three games in a row. Okay. Where he's going to be getting a considerable amount of carries. It's going to be cold. So I'm, I'm interested to see how he reacts and interested to see if he's still got that burst. He's been great for us for two games. Um, So I'm interested to see if we can continue to put up the numbers that we need to put up. Um, and yeah, you did a great job breaking both down, but I feel like on the defensive side of things and the offensive side of things, it's much more about what can we do and can we build off of our previous performances and show up, show up on the road against Boston College. And um, that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, man, I, I couldn't agree anymore. To wrap this out, Boston College special teams breakdown. The only real notable stat here is their place kicker seems to be pretty good. Uh, Connor Litton, I hope I'm not butchering that name, six for seven on the field goal attempts and uh, 15 for 15 on extra point attempts. And he had a lo- career long kick for 49 yards. Uh, so he can put it down. Um, you know, hopefully this game doesn't come down to a 49 yard field goal because clearly he can make it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for special teams. Nothing too exciting there either. Uh, we'll move into keys to the game presented by Billy Ray. Who's this presented by man? Presented by Roots Natural Kitchen, who does an absolutely phenomenal job. And we actually got a submission, I believe from Grant Watson. If you just give me a second, he had the El Jefe bowl. We went ahead and we retweeted that. Yep. Grant Watson, El Jefe bowl slaps. Thanks, sons. You guys can see it, but he posted a wonderful picture of his El Jefe Bowl. Head on down to Roots Natural Kitchen. Sign up for the app and use Sons of Sat 21 for 20% off of your order. App only. And let them know the sun sent you. Uh, Great food, healthy. I'm back on my diet. I'm healthy again. So, you know, do what you got to do. Winter is coming, but that means that summer is right around the corner. So get your beach bod ready. There you um, go. It's funny yeah. how I, you know, t- time's crazy. Time's a flat circle, man. Um, anyway, dude. So here I found this chart on online uh, and I'm looking at these numbers, average points scored, average points allowed, average total yards, Virginia Tech and Boston College. They're kind of like mere images of one another. We average 24 points a game. They average 25.6 points a game. We allow 20 on average, 22.4 points per game. They average 20.8 
points allowed per game. Total yards, (laughs) 349.9 for the Hokies. 354 for the Boston College Eagles. I mean, we're like kind of mere images. It's it's wild, man. So keys to the game here. Uh, I would say if Emmett Moorhead is the guy taking snaps on Friday, you cannot let him do what Garrett Schrader did against us from Syracuse. You cannot make that kid look like Michael Vick. You cannot let a freshman from Alexandria, Virginia, look like Michael Vick. Again, I don't know if he's going to be the one playing. I don't know if Phil Dracovic is going to be healthy. Whoever it is, you got to contain him. You got to get pressure on him. That's going to be a challenge because their offensive line is very, very good. Uh, But if, if that's not the game, then contain the quarterback. Have a spy going east and west with him every single play. Uh, Speaking of containment, I said it earlier, find a way to contain Zay Flowers. Do not let that kid get loose. He will make us pay for it if we do. Uh, I'm really not worried about their running game. They really, they don't really have a star running back this year, which is kind of surprising. Travis Levy seems to be their their guy, but he has like 50 carries and only 50 carries for less than 200 yards, four touchdowns, but he's not really lighting it up that much, I would say. Uh, So, yeah. Those, those are my keys to the game. What you got, Billy Ray? Yeah, to avoid, avoid confusion here. So Dennis Grossell was taking the majority of the snaps when Dracovic went down. Then they went to Emmett Moorhead last week, um, the freshman who played against Syracuse. But, yeah, for, for keys to the game, I'm just going to take this chart and say, can Tech be consistent? The reason that some of these numbers are as high as they are, the 349 average yards, the 24 points per game, those have bumped significantly due to our last two weeks. And my question is, is the Virginia Tech offense improved based upon what we've learned these last few weeks, or was it a flash in the pan? Um, And that we're going to find out. I think we do have weapons. I think if you call the game correctly, where we're able to highlight what Braxton Burmeister can do and not put him in positions to do things that he is limited to do, whether that be due to his skill set or due to whatever injury he is dealing with, that's going to be the key. It's also going to be, you could say this about every football game, but it's going to be one up front. I like our offensive line. I think it's come along as the season's gone on, especially again, these last two weeks, Boston college has an elite offensive line. Um, I mean, even just doing my preview, I, I left out, uh, their number one draft prospect, who is Zion Johnson. He's a six foot three, 310 offensive guard. Um, they're studs, man. Every one of their offensive linemen are on draft boards uh, looking to play at that next level. And with a short defensive line rotation, it's going to be cold. It's going to be it's going to be a big deal. So can we pressure the quarterback regardless of who it is? And can we be gap sound? It's going to be. I don't know how many people are going to show up. I want to say that it's not going to be that many, but Friday game, who knows? Maybe they'll not study chemistry and, you know, science or whatever they're studying at Boston College and come out for the football game. Who knows? Um, but all I have is we got to get off the bus. We've got to play ball. And um, we'll see. I'm hoping that the offense that we have seen for these last two weeks is the one that gets off the bus. I That's a fact. That's a fact, Jack. Uh, we need that. We absolutely do. Uh, that leads us into score predictions, man. Um, let's let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, you just said it, Bill. Hokies came off a much, much needed win against Georgia Tech. I was not on the episode on Sunday, and you and Pat absolutely crushed it, dude. I'm absolutely ecstatic about that win. 
but this this is where I'm worried. This is where I this is where my concerns lie. Boston College is zero and four in their last four games heading into this Friday. Uh, if you're a Virginia Tech fan and that doesn't scare you, you must be relatively new here. Uh, back in August, all three of us got on the podcast, the season preview podcast, and we all had this game circle. We all said we didn't feel good about it. And I, if we go back, dude, Bill was pretty adamant about it. Uh, he said, I, like, I don't like the Boston College game. I don't like it, which is hilarious in hindsight because he might, he might switch up here in a sec. Don't know. Uh, I'm going to stick by that, dude. I, 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 this game all season long, regardless of how things have shaken out, has scared me. Uh, they got us on a short week. The stars are kind of aligning for them here. They're on this wind route. They need a, they need a big win here. We just came off a win, so they're looking for that. They got the red bandana uniforms. They're going to be at home. They get us on a short week. They're on a wind route, and they're going to be fired up on a Friday night on their home turf for that reason. And because this game has worried me all season long, I'm taking Boston college in a close one, but I do think they will win 24 to 21. I know I shouldn't think that way, man, but I do. No, I don't, I don't blame you. I mean, well, actually I do blame you because you're <laughs> I think, right. I, I think when I was looking at that game, obviously I'm, I'm picking us to win and I'm picking us to win because it's a much different situation than I thought we'd be walking into. We have to win. This team is in prove that we're not quitting mode. Um, and if you look at the statistics for the last couple of weeks, I like the way that we match up better. Um, if being 0-4 is the stars aligning, then <laughs> I, you know, then that's their version of the stars aligning. I, I like the way that we've played these last couple of weeks. Uh, 400 yard efforts. Um, and I think last week is just you finally get the monkey off your back. You finally have the offense making some plays for the defense. You get a motivated defense, a motivated tech team. I'm actually going to take a 38-17. Um, this game freaked me out. Yeah, Grayson's face. Uh, <laughs> this, <laughs> this game freaks me out going into the season. Boston College did play last week. They got pushed around by Syracuse. I just think these teams are in very, very different places as of the last couple weeks. Um so we'll see. I mean, both teams yeah. are fighting for bowl eligibility. Both teams are fighting for like pride at this point. So yeah. it's going to be a battle. Going to be a lot of eyes on Virginia Tech. Going to be a lot of eyes on Boston College. And also, as much, as cool as the uniforms are, I can't say we're going to win or lose a game because they're wearing cool uniforms. I'm you know you know I'm out on the uniform thing. That's but, fair, dude. Absolutely. But, no, I, it's it's I, I think the for me the them being zero and four coming into the game. It's like. We, in the past, I just feel like we've snapped teams losing streaks, and I don't, I don't want to do that. And the short, the short week, thi- the the short week thing, that's an off the short week. It's like, bro, we can't even beat whoever it is off a bye week. Oh, and six yeah. off a bye week on a short week. Like, come uh, on, dude. So yeah. I'm, 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 I'm worried. I'm, I'm worried about it uh, for we sure. We yeah. shall see. We're moving right along to letters from the lunch pail. Um, as always, we got our over-unders from Grant Watson, which I'm fired up about. Um, I'll read it. You give me your over-under. I'll give you my over-under, and then we'll uh, we'll take it. Well, wait. Let me see if we have an over-under for this game out yet. Um, if you just give me a moment. Actually, go ahead. Read read those. Uh, read the over-unders, and let me find what the line for this game is, and then we'll yeah. jump into Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll read them all out and then we can go through, but the first one from Grant Watson, 
Uh, Malachi Thomas carries. The second one is Trey and Tay combined receiving yards. And then the third one is VT force turnovers. Um, for the first one. So for the first one, 19 and a half on carries. Uh, I was going to say 20. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go under only because I think we're going to spread the sugar a little bit more than we have in the past. Uh, I'd like to see Raheem Blackshear get involved. I mean, I haven't seen Jalen Holston on the field the last couple of weeks um, just because of how well Malachi Thomas has played, but Raheem Blackshear had 80, I think he had 87 yards last week, had some more carries in between the tackles. So I think we do spread the sugar around a little bit. Uh, so I'll go under on 19 and a half carries. I'm, I'm with you there. I, I agree with that a thousand percent. I, I like to spread the sugar. Uh, I, I do think we'll see Raheem a lot more, uh, maybe a flash, who knows, maybe a flash of Holston or a Keyshawn King. Uh, absolutely agree. Second one, Trey and Tay combined receiving yards, 140 over. I certainly hope so. Be in uh, shape if it's not over. Also, keep an eye out for our tight ends. I feel like our tight ends always play a part in Boston College games. I might be making that up in my head, but I feel like our our tight ends always get involved against Boston College. Um, and then we'll wrap it up with VT Force turnovers, one and a half. Um, our defense has not been turning the ball over, getting turnovers as often. So I'm going to go with we get one turnover. I'll go with under here. Yeah, I'm taking the under, and if anything, it'll be like a force fumble. Either that or a Jermaine Waller interception, as we do. So, in terms of the over-under, here's what we got. Virginia Tech is getting three points on the road. Um, or, I'm sorry, we're laying three points on the road. So, there's that. And then, also, the over-under is at 47 points, for those of you who are gambling. Um, moving right along here, we got one letter from the lunch pail. Excuse me, got the hiccups. Uh, John Cran. The offense has clearly taken a step forward the last two games. Was wondering if you think we will see any additional young offensive weapons make a step forward in the remaining games. If so, who? Love this question. Love this question. Um, I'm going to go with Daywan Lofton. Uh, I think he's the one guy we've talked about all offseason. We've waited all year to see him. He's he's played sparingly here and there this year. Um I know if I had to guess who you would say, maybe Marco Lee, maybe one of the other young running backs. Jaden. Jaden Payute. Jaden Payute. Um, yeah. Who, again, is is kind of on 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 where the heck is he watch. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah those, those, those would be my picks. Uh, and also I would keep an eye on the offensive line, not in terms of young guys coming in and playing, but we've done a lot of shuffling. Uh, Terrell Smith took a ton of snaps against Syracuse. Uh, we've seen Silas Zanzi move around. We've seen Brock Hoffman move around. Um, we've seen a Clemens. lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of been a, a musical chairs over there on the offensive line. So interested to see what that unit is and what they're able to do against Boston College. Yeah, man. Uh, dude, smile and shout outs. Well, by- we can save smile and shout outs because I'm going to be honest with you. This is the Boston College episode, and I love Boston. So I just want to talk about the same. Dude, let's talk. Dude, let's talk about it, man. Let's talk Um, about it. So I put it out. The article is out. I put out all of my suggestions for Boston. If you are going to be in Boston or you go to Boston six months from now, it's evergreen. You can go on down there, check out the bars, check out the restaurants, check out the sites. It's all there. Uh, I put put an article out. But what we can do right now, Grayson, I just want to talk about the three best movies 
ever about the city of Boston. We can just talk about them real quick. Um, so my top three movies for Boston, it's pretty simple. It's The Town, it's The Departed, and it's Goodwill Hunting. Do we have any disagreements on those three movies? I have no qualms with any of those. The The one that I would add, because I'm a comedy guy, is the first Ted movie. Uh, The first Ted, I love Seth MacFarlane, and that's about as quintessentially Boston funny as it gets. And I think we can also add Fever Pitch for Pat. Um, I get get ridiculed for not seeing – I do need to watch Fever Pitch. I've never seen Fever Pitch. need to watch it. Completely understand. I will get on that. Um, But, yeah, any comments on the movies themselves? Uh, Robin Williams, absolute legend. We'll start with Goodwill Hunting. I mean – Probably the best movie ever. It's definitely in my top three. What are your thoughts on Goodwill Hunting? Good, Goodwill Hunting. It's funny, dude. I literally, I literally watched that movie all the way through for the first time on a plane, probably two months ago. Uh, had, had really? never, had never seen it all the way through. Only so you bits were flying on a plane, dude. It's a really, really awesome film. Yeah. Like it, it's, 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 it's really, really good. I mean, the fact that that Matt Damon. And Ben Affleck were they wrote, they wrote that probably when they were 24, both of them. They acted in it when they were 25 and they won an Oscar for it at the age of 27 yeah. is insanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like just absolutely brilliant screenwriting. The dialogue is phenomenal. The acting is phenomenal. Ben, it's not your fault. Uh, excuse me, not, not Ben. It's not your fault, but uh, it's not your fault. Uh, and then Robin Williams uh robin williams almost didn't want to do that movie fun fact mm-hmm. and he ended up doing it and now it's just it's one of, I, I would say it's in his top three uh, i would say it absolutely is in his top three absolutely it's, it's a wonder that he didn't win a oscar for that performance um but no that that's a really good one it was one of the first movies that kind of broke the seal on boston as a scene for big movies uh and it was shot in boston they did a really good job and if you have the opportunity Go down to the common in Boston. You can sit in the actual bench where Matt Damon and Robin Williams had their conversation in the common. I put the GPS coordinates in the article so you can type them in your phone. <laughs> it's kind of hard to find. It's kind of hard to find, but it's become like a little modern day uh, memorabilia seat for, um, Fans for Robin movie. Williams uh, and the movie as well. Uh, and then moving on to the town. I Look, I don't think it's underrated at this point anymore. It's been on Netflix. It's a great movie. It's another Ben Affleck movie. If you love action, if you love helicopter shots, I think there. I think per capita, it has the most helicopter shots of a city of any movie. Um, but I mean, it is so Jeremy Renner. If you want peak, <laughs> Jeremy Renner, he is fantastic in the town. Grayson, thoughts on the town? Here's you're gonna kill me, man. I I haven't seen it, and I need to. I got to get on Netflix and watch the town. I've seen the trailer for it. Uh, it's it's. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's like the kind of the heist movie where they're dressed up as nuns, right? Is that that's all right? Yeah. I need to watch yeah. the town. Ben, ben Affleck robs a bank, falls basically falls in love with the person that he was robbing, and the person that he robbed doesn't know. That, that he was the one. Yeah. So it's good. It's good, man. It's it's good. You got uh, the dude from Mad Men is in it. He's really good. Oh, John Hamm. John yeah, Hamm. He's a it. horrible, horrible fake Boston accent. He fakes it for the first half of the movie and then kind of lets it go. But uh, And then rounding it out with, in my opinion, the best bad movie of all time, hmm. The Departed. It makes 
no sense a lot of the times. And it's just pure star, like just stars out the wazoo. You got Ben Affleck, you got Leo, you got Matt Damon, you got Jack Nicholson, Vera Farmiga, just an Alec Baldwin's in it. Alec Baldwin, that's true. Thoughts are with Alec Baldwin, by the way. Not to get get newsy here. He's not (laughs) the nicest guy in the world, but leave Alec alone. That story sucks. Yeah, it's it's really, really far off the rails. But yeah, thoughts on thoughts on the departed. Departed, you're right, dude. It's like if you're not paying attention in that movie for five seconds, you're immediately going to lose the plot. Uh, but it is one of Martin Scorsese's best uh, best pieces of cinema. Uh, speaking of Oscars, uh, he won Best Director for that. I'm pretty sure it won Best Picture, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Uh, hit it, hit struck gold at at the award ceremonies out here in Hollywood, but. Uh, yeah, ensemble cast, Jack Nicholson. You know, it's funny you watch you watch that film, and he he plays Frank Costello. And people so have bad. actually people have actually yeah, people have said that Jack Nicholson that's like one of his worst roles because the Boston accent he just couldn't do it, uh, which is a shame, dude, because he's widely regarded as one of the best actors of all time. He plays scary guy like really scary guy really really well um but he was so over the hill and was just not good and apparently he was a real uh, a real jerk face he didn't allow anybody because he, he's obviously a huge lakers fan he didn't allow anybody to wear you don't see any uh celtics apparel or bo- he refused to wear a boston celtics uh boston celtics apparel and also just didn't let any Boston apparel go. And it's like, dude, you're playing Whitey Bulger in in a crime movie about Boston. I don't, I don't understand. You're 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 acting. You're acting. Yeah, we get we get acting. your Jack Nicholson. We we get your three time Oscar winner Jack Nicholson. Nah, but, Jack, uh, I do what I want. Jack, yeah. do what you want. Jack, when I tell you dump him in the mash, ah. you dump him, dump him in, in the, mash. the mash. And that's where we're gonna cut it because this is a PG <laughs> podcast. If you've um, seen the movie, you know what comes next. Uh, We've, uh, look, we talked about who's going to win the game. At the end of the day, I know who's going to win. It's the city of Boston. Boston's a city of winners. It's a city of champions. It's a gritty city. It's the best city. I hope you all enjoy. I cannot, cannot stress to you how much I am having serious FOMO not, about not being there. But if you're going, have a wonderful time. Check out the article. And we'll uh, wrap this up with smile and shout outs. Brought to you by the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. Our friends, Dr. John Cranham, Cornell, Caitlin, the whole, whole Cranham family, Kristen, everybody. We love you guys. Thank you guys for your unwavering support. Shout outs. Shout out Christian Mahogany. Excited for you. I was texting with him back and forth. Um, really good kid. Uh, has come a long way. I'm excited to see uh, him having his career going well. And I guess this isn't a shout out. Can we just talk about the college football playoff rankings real quick? Um, I think everybody's freaking out understandably so we want to give Cincinnati some more credit they deserve more credit they have the best way they probably have the best win out of every top out of the top two I don't know who Georgia has beaten that's wrong they have a better quality win than Alabama I think Wake Forest deserves a little more credit but the over analyzation of this it's all going to work itself out I think either Cincinnati is going to drop another game Alabama will lose to uh Georgia or beat Georgia in the SEC championship. So getting all angry about this in week eight or whatever week it is, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, 
seeing Oregon in the top six was kind of surprising, but it almost seemed to me leaving Cincinnati out of the top four was almost like a, a Jedi mind trick to like tell everybody like, yeah, we need to go to 12. Like that's just what needs to happen. Um, Cause I, I really can't understand the rationale between leaving Cincinnati out, but I know that's not a shout out, but if you have thoughts on it, <laughs> go right. Um, so I, I agree. I mean, I, I makes me wonder if you'll agree with this Billy Ray, but I think every year since 2014, when the college football playoff started, that the best team in college football has won the national championship. Every time. Every, every single time. time. It's it's like, you know, it was Ohio State in 2014, and then it's been Bama freaking 20,000 times since then, and then Clemson. It's like, you know, those were the best teams in college football. So, uh, you know, I, like you said, it'll all work itself out. Uh, yes. I, want, I want to shout out Trey freaking Turner, kid. You had a great game against Georgia Tech on Saturday. Uh, just absolutely phenomenal football game. Super proud of you. Same goes for Tavion Robinson. Uh, that 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 ball came out a little uh, a little wobbly out of Burmeister's hand on that uh, on that touchdown catch that he had. But he got it. He went up there and he got it. So uh, just shout out to the Hokies for for winning the ball game on Saturday. Uh, I, I'm sure you can attest to this, Bill, but my week has been just exponentially better. Uh, I've been in such a great mood, and when the Hokies win, Grayson's really really happy. Um, but yeah, and then shout out to Pat. I know he's, uh, he's not here this week for the preview. Um, but dude, I'm, I'm so gassed. All three of us will be in San Diego, not this weekend, but the following weekend. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so I'm very, very excited about that. Everybody hop on the dot com. Check it out. Got some great content coming out. We got locks of Saturday coming out later this week. Um, but let's beat Boston College. Hopefully we're talking to you on Sunday or Monday with smiles on our face. Have a great rest of your day. Time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. Love she said it is. Do you?